When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This piece of filet mignon. The Rich Eisen Show. 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 Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I've identified these five teams. One of them is Miami. Would Denver do this? Do the Bears go for it? What about the Los Angeles Rams? What about Dallas? You want to get Jonathan Taylor? The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero. Oregon State head coach Jonathan Smith. Still to come. Packers beat writer for The Athletic, Matt Schneidman. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Our number three of the Rich Eisen show is on the air. Great chat with Jeff Passan of ESPN about what in the world is going to happen with Shohei Otani, his best guess, just a day after Otani blew out his pitching elbow, it appears, headed for Tommy John's surgery. We also spoke with Jonathan Smith, the head coach of Oregon State football at a crossroads of that football program. Tom Pelissero joined us from behind a medical tent in uh, in Minnesota um, as the uh, the Vikings um, um, are t- going through, as he said, one of the final uh, interest squad scrimmages mm-hmm. of of the uh, of the preseason. The Minnesota Vikings are taking on. Let me get this right here. Uh, I don't know. I can't see. They're taking on the Cardinals. Cardinals are apparently going to flip Isaiah Simmons to the Giants for a seventh-round yeah. pick. So Trey Lance isn't the only draft choice that was uh, a first-rounder that all of a sudden is Good changing move. teams potentially. At uh, any rate, if you missed any of the first two hours, um, it's going to re-air right here on the Roku channel as soon as we're done with this hour. Um, Susie Schuster sitting in uh, Chris Brockman's spot. Good to see you, Suze. Oh, good to see you. Mike Del Tufo. It's only been a couple hours. <laughs> How are you, Mikey D? Good to well. see you. And TJ Jefferson in his spot. And you're where you are at 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. I- I've been fascinated by um, Jordan Love because that is a, a major storyline going into this National Football League playing season. Mm-hmm. We talked about it with Steve Young yesterday. And Steve said he knows a thing or two about... Uh, Backing up a legend? Well, not backing up a legend, but um, replacing. replacing one. Replacing. Being the guy after the guy. Well, in Green Bay, he's the guy after the guy was after the guy. And you don't really want to be the guy after the guy, and Aaron Rodgers proves you can actually be that guy. Well, don't I think, think everybody might have made too. sense on that front. So, uh, Matt Schneidman of The Athletic joining us here on The Rich Eisen Show to discuss this and more. How are you, Matt? Rich, I'm a three-time guest on the Rich Eisen Show. I couldn't be doing any better. I like it. Very good. Look at you. You're you're like Aaron Judge. You're going to hit three home runs. Fantastic. Um, so what's the latest on Love? Is he going to play this weekend? What do you think? Yes, he will play, as will you know his supporting cast on offense, and most of the starting defense will play as well. Matt LaFleur was talking this morning about just needing those guys, this young offensive core, to get – as many reps as possible together, and also their lack of energy, lack of focus, slow starts, whatever you want to call it, in week one, the last couple seasons, kind of also factors into LaFleur's decision to play 
his starters. Now, Jordan told us yesterday he feels ready for week one already. He feels ready for week one and beyond. Anything he does against the Seahawks on Saturday isn't really going to change how he feels heading into Soldier Field week one. But it's just another opportunity for a couple more people to come on the Jordan Love bandwagon, baby. Well, I mean, uh, the first two preseason games have been, um, for me, uh, enough that I need to see. And to to know that he is, he's not struggling. He's not trying to grasp things. He looks comfortable. What he did against Belichick's defense to start the second preseason game was, for me, um, all I needed to see. What what do the Packers need to see other than just him getting more live game reps to put him out there? You know, I, I saw the clip that uh, your show account tweeted the other day, and mm-hmm. I responded to it with the gift from my favorite Christmas movie of all time, Polar Express, with the conductor of Polar Express saying, all aboard. Because it feels like there is some momentum, uh, you know, coming along here of people are starting to realize he might be a guy. And I think what they want to see, getting back to your original question, was, is maybe for him to put together a complete performance. And I understand it's, you know, maybe only three series max, but against the Bengals in his first series, he missed Luke Musgrave wide open on a crosser. He missed a screen to Musgrave, and then he comes back and leads a touchdown drive the next drive. Against the Patriots, scoreless first two drives. I believe he started three for six. Uh, he played a part in a botched snap that the Patriots recovered on the first drive. But then he comes back and leads a 93-yard touchdown drive. So it's good that he's shown the ability to respond from slow starts, but maybe it'll be good to see him put together a complete three drives instead of starting slow, but the kid can throw the ball. He can move. I mean, I'm here at practice right now. I just saw the Packers run two triple options in like a span of five plays. I don't know what the hell they think they're doing right now, Mm. but it looks like Matt LaFleur is getting a little creative with a kid who can run at quarterback. Getting in his bag, getting in his bag. And what's it been like watching him operate uh, when not on the field? You know, I asked him yesterday if he's been able to maybe take stock in where he is, the position he's in. Because after the first day of training camp, he was asked what kind of reception he got from fans. And he said, you know, I I didn't really notice that. I was so locked in. And I asked him yesterday, at any point over the last three-plus weeks, have you been able to take a breath and say, you know, this is pretty cool. I'm the starting quarterback. These fans are showing me love. And he hasn't really been able to. I mean, I have not seen – Anyone around here, granted I haven't been doing this for as long as some other people on this beat, but his temperament, his leadership, nothing seems to rattle him. And you brought it up earlier, he doesn't seem to panic. On the field, off the field, everything seems calm. And who knows if he's going to be any good on the field, but all the intangibles, the makeup, how he's handling the pressure, the expectations, any chaos around him on the field, it seems like all that stuff is going to set him up for success. Well, his first game at Chicago, where he can prove that ownership of the Bears just changed quarterbacks, right? And then at Atlanta, which is breaking in a, a first-time, full-time starter as well, he strolls into week three opener against New Orleans, 2-0, and um, and then takes on Detroit on that Thursday night. He'll be feeling the love in Green Bay, that's for damn sure, if that happens, and it's possible. You know? They don't play a team that made the playoffs last year until week eight, and that's the Vikings, who the Packers curb-stomped here in week 17 last season. 
they start with those teams you mentioned, and then it's the Raiders on Monday night, week five, then they have a bye week six, then it's the Broncos week seven, and then week eight it's the Vikings, then the Rams week nine. So this is a very favorable schedule for the Packers the first half of the season. Now the second half there's the Chiefs, the Giants, the Chargers, but you know there is a chance, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a chance the Packers enter their bye in week six at four and one. Three and two, I think, would be successful. But if Jordan Love can not lose Packers games, if he can do enough to you know, keep them in it, I think he's going to be an above-average quarterback. They have the talent around him to you know, not only win this division, but maybe make a run in a what I think is a weak NFC conference. The Athletics' Matt Schneidman, uh, head of the Pack podcast host and beat writer of the Packers right here on the Rich Eisen Show. And one of the reasons why I thought it was set up for Love to succeed – this year is last year with Rodgers and the young receivers and the conversation around that, even if we were half right about it, um, love is a contemporary of these kids and might've spent more time in certain practice situations with these young receivers. And now we might see the fruits of the labor right there. Am I off close? What do you have for me? If somebody who's on it on a daily basis, yeah, I don't think it can hurt, certainly. How often last season did we hear Aaron Rodgers say, you know, guys are missing routes, they're not breaking out of the routes at the right time, these young receivers don't know what they're doing. Now I'm paraphrasing there, but yes. um, we kind of heard the same thing on Hard Knocks this week when Randall Cobb kind of gave that speech to the Jets receivers about what Aaron expects. Now I'm not saying Jordan doesn't expect that, but there isn't that monstrous gap between what the quarterback knows and expects and demands on an everyday basis every minute from his decades in the league to what the receivers can do. You know, in years past, they've been able to kind of mask that gap with the Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. Last year they weren't able to because Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs were their top two guys, with all due respect to Alan Lazard. This year, everyone's kind of learning it together. Um, and I think there's something to be said for that. that I, now, I don't know if there was immense pressure on the Dobbs and Watsons last year to say, oh boy, we need to live up to what Aaron's asking or else he's going to get mad. But there's something to be said for letting the kids all figure it out together, um, whether it's chemistry-wise, energy-wise, or maybe it's just easier for them to learn it all without uh, the aura of number 12 here standing over them. But by all accounts, it's gone well so far for those two position groups. Speaking of hard knocks narratives, how are Packer fans dealing with uh, Rodgers living his best life and, uh, and, and apparently being invigorated by the youth as opposed to potentially chafing because of the youth? Uh, what, what's, how's that hitting, Cheesehead Nation? Yeah, the response I've seen is that they're letting Jets fans have this honeymoon period because... <laughs> They think Jets fans are going to realize here in a little bit um, that, you know, it was honeymoon period for the Packers, too. And then he, he got mad at the receivers and he started getting angry and all this stuff. But listen, it, anytime you have a bad breakup with an ex and then you see them go on to be happy, it's never great. So I think it might be a little insecurity from Packers fans, but there's only one number they care about, and that's 65. And if Aaron Rodgers plays 65.01% of the offensive snaps list this year. I don't nice. think they'll care much about how happy 
he is on hard knocks. No, so, I, I hear you. That means a first-round pick goes to Green Bay. I, is it really a bad breakup with with Packers fans or or just with you know with uh, Gutekunst and the FaceTiming and all that sort of stuff? Really? Yeah, it's de- definitely more so with Brian Gutekunst, but I think Packer fans feel that Aaron should have done it in a more gracious way. I don't know. I, I will go to my grave now. He didn't tell me this specifically when I spoke with him earlier this offseason, but I will go to my grave thinking Aaron wanted to still come back to the Packers and finish his career, and it was the Packers who pushed them out. And then Aaron, after he realized he was done here, kind of then shifted his perspective to, okay, I want to go play for the Jets. Now I'm going to make it seem like I wanted to play for them all along. So I think that kind of twist from him, um, which he kind of had to do to not make it seem like it was just a one-sided thing, the Packers pushing him out, I think that has maybe rubbed Packer fans the wrong way a little bit. But as we talked about last time I was on, I think all will be forgotten in however many years when he comes back here and his jersey's retired and there are 80,000 or some odd fans filling Lambeau Field cheering him on. And, you know, time heals all wounds, and I think they'll remember all the good he did for this franchise someday. Uh, Dude, Favre used the Jets as a transfer portal to get to the Vikings to get back (laughs) at the Packers, and they the Packers and Favre still got back together in Lambeau Field. Of course. You know, and, and I know I, I guess money might talk on that front too, but come on. I mean, Rod, it, it, the Packers flew down to, Rod, to Favre to offer him his actual locker back when he thought they were coming to offer him his job back. That's how bad that breakup was, Matt. And, oh, it was way worse. And so this is nothing compared. Like, literally, the Favre breakup is holding the beer of what we're talking about right now. You know, so um, when it all comes down to it, though, I'm just wondering, like, here's Rodgers going to Broadway. Here's Rodgers going to Taylor Swift. Here's Rodgers, you know, smiling and talking about staying here for a while and handing things off to Zach Wilson. And here he is talking about how young this team is and how that has reinvigorated him. And I'm just wondering how that hit Packer fans. You know, it just is. Uh... I think the Green Bay loyalists like to uh, they have a lot of pride in what there is to do around here in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I'll put it that way. So yeah. I think a couple of us, when we saw Rogers gallivanting around New York City, at car, I think he went to a car show. Um, that's just because there's that stuff to do in New York and, and not here in Green Bay. So maybe that's why. But going back to your point about how different those breakups were. I mean, I wasn't here in 2008 mm-hmm. for Favre because this is only my fifth season covering the team. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Aaron got booed at family night, their, their big scrimmage inside Lambeau Field during the preseason, and Favre was in attendance. <laughs> this year, Jordan Love gets resounding cheers when John Kuhn is interviewing him on the field after. It, so just in terms of a fan reception point, it was not only more contentious, but just awkward back then. And this time it seems like there's a lot more energy and fan support going Love's way, which has to feel good for him. And I think it just speaks to the fact that the fans, too, were ready to turn the page on the Rodgers era, maybe not like they were 15 years ago. Okay. Uh, when uh, when Mahomes comes to visit Green Bay in Week 13, are they going to put uh, his wife in the last row of uh, Lambeau Field <laughs> now that Love's taken over? Is that what's going to happen? Like a little turnabout? You know, Mahomes' family is in the mean, top row. Jordan Love's mom and his his girlfriend back in Arrowhead—they were closer to touching the Lord than they were <laughs> seeing their son 
on the field or, or her son and her <laughs> significant other on the field. Yeah. So that'll be yeah. funny to see if the Packers maybe try and get Brittany Mahomes back on that one. Yeah, put them in, just put them in the Upper Peninsula. You know what I mean? Just put it all the way. Just keep going. You know, let's do it. Um, thanks for the time, Matt. Great use of gallivanting. I caught that as well. Um, let's catch up um, when uh, the season starts. I'd love to get your thoughts. Appreciate it. Sure thing. Thanks as always, Rich. You bet. That's Matt Schneidman of The Athletic right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Oh, if it, you know, Bridget Mahomes, right? Is that uh, no, Brittany. No, Brittany? Brittany, pardon Brittany. me. Brittany. Brittany. My, yeah. my apologies, Patrick. Brittany. Yeah. Brittany Mahomes? She ain't going all the way up to the you, uh, let's Get her an oxygen tank because they're going to put her way up. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Brittany will stand I don't for think it. She, I don't think she's going to. Maybe she don't even go to the game. You have a much better view at home. I want you to remember that when you always yell at me for not leaving the house. Just remember. Great point by Matt, by the way. The Packers don't play a playoff game from last playoff team from last year until week eight. Did not realize that. But I always counsel, like, don't view the current schedule through the prism of last year. I mean, Detroit. If if the Seattle Rams week eighteen game didn't go the way Seattle needed. There were some. Remember the crazy ass calls in that Week 18 game too, yeah. that was leading to that final game. Detroit was a playoff team at the end of the last year, yeah. so yep. let's let's not forget that New Orleans is definitely a team that. Uh, well, hey, you don't know. Oh, don't know. You don't know Denver, but the schedule is. Compare this to Rogers' first eight, oh, six, please. eight weeks. You're in. Go ahead. Let's do yeah. this. This is just for me. <laughs> Certainly, since Matt's like old Packer fans, they're all like, enjoy the honeymoon. You got all the Packer fans. Enjoy that honeymoon. You're going to know go, how good. Because go. Aaron, at some point, is just going to be Aaron, and it's going it's to be ugly. You're going like to learn really quick how good Look at this. your team is. Look at I this. Mean, just how back. would Jordan love to take a bite out of this? <laughs> that is insane. Come on. Like rich. Forget about salty Tua. It's going to be salty <laughs> rich. So, uh, I'm, I'm already Before there. Before the bye? That's a, Come that's, on. A, that's like one of the, the only compa- The only teams that compare are Denver. That's it. Yeah. You realize what's going to happen if Rich's dream with the Jets goes south oh, after please. this Yankees series? Oh. This uh-huh. season? Yeah. It's going to be... Insufferable. No, hold on a second. How You're going to you... be Costanzas. You're going to be in <laughs> a the toilet the for only... so long. Excuse me. Brian Cashman, the general manager of the Yankees yesterday, rightfully called the Yankee season a disaster. The Jets season being a disaster. Would be what? I don't know. Like, what, f- six wins, seven wins? Even if, like, That's eight and nine? That's a tough nine? first bank before well, the bye, but, the, but that's, but that's the, tough. excuse me though the jets have the reigning offensive and defensive yes. rookies of the year they have dalvin cook to go along with Brees hall if his knee is anything close to ready they've got quinn and williams up front they have a defensive minded head coach that knows how to get that side of the ball ready as evidenced by last year they have Alan Lazard to go along with Randall Cobb and Miko Hardman. Offensive line. Okay, at, it's up to the offensive the line. line. They yeah. protect Rodgers. They should. Yes, with that six-week start. Would you go if you have three uh, of those? Mike, Mike, don't <laughs> if or but me. I'm going to tell you, they should win four of their first four. six. All right. I was gonna say, they should go to Dallas with all due respect and like show that. Aaron Rodgers, I don't own the Bears anymore because I'm not with Green Bay, but there's still a team I do own. Where are your losses? Oh, you haven't done it yet. Look, man, I already gave you the W that week, okay? Yeah. So, 
All right. I'm All right, fired up. He said Roger's already got Jeez. it. I'm fired Take it up. Easy. By the way, that's, that's 17 Super Bowl rich. championships you got to And the only thing, while I'm on a roll here. Yeah, let's go. Because I have given a nice wet kiss to the Packard Nation in terms of Jordan Love, because I do believe that about this kid. And LaFleur, and they have set it up. I'll just say this to uh, Packers fans everywhere. Not everybody's going to be a Hall of Famer at the quarterback position. Okay? True that. Some, that's what I said to Brockman when Brady left New England. I said on the day Brady went to Tampa and it became official, mm-hmm. welcome to the rest the of rest us. Of us. <laughs> and this year for Jordan Love, who I do believe will perform well, and I think the Packers have a shot at making the playoffs a good one. But there's going to be some ups and downs they haven't felt at the quarterback position in a while. So if they in Green Bay, as Matt Schneidman just pointed out, think Jets fans eventually will have the honeymoon spoiled by Rodgers' inevitable behavior. I'll just push back and say, at some point, your quarterback's not going to go into the Hall of Fame. What's that? And right <laughs> from the get-go as well. Uh, not from the get-go either. I mean, we're thinking Hall about Hall of Famers. You know, like, by the way, don't just leave with the Brockman. I mean, there's someone else sitting over there who I love a lot, but she's also, that's also yeah. her team. I so understand you that. Just, wait a minute. Are the, you coming for me? No, not necessarily. Your team, I'm TJ, saying. I'm, don't you dare. I, you know, Susie, I will uh, never, uh, oh, yeah. Look, I will never the, disrespect wow. you. I've never seen him moonwalk like that. But but you think, are a Patriots fan, so I was just like, he could... He could, yeah, but you know, she's not nearly as obnoxious as Chris. You want to put that genie no. back in the box, TJ? No, I mean, it's the bottle. It's oh, a bottle. We was... talked on the way to work. <laughs> I know that your idioms are always off by a preposition or a noun. <laughs> See, now you're using words we See, don't understand. Now you're coming after me over idioms and prepositions. Just because if your team doesn't win the Super Bowl, it's a colossal failure. You're already sweating and flop sweating and like flop sweating. No, I flop sweat. Real quick though, there's only been two teams that have had back-to-back like Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the last like 30 years. That's the San Giants Francisco. with Eli and uh, Daniel Jones? Yeah. San Francisco yeah, and San Green Francisco. Bay. He just looked that up, by the way. Too. I did not. Adam and I talked about this the other day and you can ask him. He'll type it in. That's we actually, yeah, no, I, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's weird. That. And at some point, Montana guy with him. Tim Rattay, and Ken Dorsey, it's with hard. all due respect to them, the it's hard at some point, to do that. your hall of your quarterback is not He's going gone. to Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I, I hope for Jordan Love, I am wrong. TJ, TJ. But I'm just pushing back. Again, this is it's all a, because Matt Schneidman's like, yeah, you know what? We're sitting here saying the Jets fans or the Packers tough. fans are like, at some point, the honeymoon's going to be, uh, be over. So when, we'll when, let you have this hard knocks one. <laughs> when Aaron Rodgers stubs gallivanting across Gallivanting. Gallivant. It was a great word. It's an underrated word, gallivanting. I like to like gallivant. gallivant. Let's Where take a break. We must gallivant to break. As I lurk. <laughs> let's talk. Let's uh, um, uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch on their quarterback room coming up. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung. And that means spring cleaning, or at least 
The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O-O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. So, I made reference to this earlier because Mike Hoskins alerted me to this. Kirk Cousins has new facial hair. Let's check it out. Ooh. Oh, my oh, goodness. I mean, very uh, Fu Manchu. Fu Manchu. It's not a very yeah. Rod Beck. He looks Rod, like Rod Beck. Beck. I was going to go another reliever. Al Raboski. Uh, I'm going Al a little Raboski. further back. Hungarian. The Mad Hungarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Mad Hungarian. This is a choice. Oh, so, yeah. Suze, what if I came home with this? I would murder you. <laughs> awful. Ah, it looks like he he left their hair here, and then this is to wipe with the napkin when he drools or spills some spaghetti sauce. Okay, that's it's your that's that's look. your two cents on it. I saw Rod Beck too. Al Herbos. Okay, that is an awful look. Who said to him this is a great idea? What if his wife did? There's no chance she did. <laughs> now, Rick did he says you on record of liking his beard. Right? You like that? You like that? Dude, Susie does not. No. That beard I, I is ridiculous. Taylor, I thought Taylor didn't like it. I you like did Rich's like it. beard. Yes, I'm Taylor saying. hates it. Yeah. She wants me to shave it all the time. She thinks it's very, like, scratchy. Daddy, you look old. I think it looks great. We were talking about it. The girls know we're talking in the back because that interview that we showed in one of the Without commercial it. breaks uh-huh. with Larry, David, and Where I did not have a beard, yeah. a darker beard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Rich, you look good with it. Thank you, guys. Said, it's not what I'm, I'm going for. All I know is we need eight more new facial hair individuals in the NFL. Why uh, and Why because then they're going to get a power ranking because Arthur Smith right now is still one in the power ranking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We think this is your the, license and registration, he, please. He, this, no, this is where he puts the uh, the rest of the NFC South banana in the tailpipe. That looks like, would you like a 
an extra large juice with your Cinnabon. Okay. Right? Okay. That's Very Gene Takovic, right? to use more of that, <laughs> that name that I had like thrown I said, in my direction to make fun of me He's got recently. that, do you know why I pulled you over mustache? Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> anyway, that's the latest on the facial hair front in the NFL. The Rich Eisen Show Radio Network's back on the air with our live stream here on the Roku channel. Sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. All right, let's do it. We, hadn't, we haven't done this all week long. Win loss game. I believe a fan wants to play one. Corbin in Texas, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Corbin? Hello, Rich. Thanks for taking my call. It's an honor to talk to you. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, an honor to talk back to you, unless you're way off on your predictions that you're about to apparently have. <laughs> well, what do you want to do here, we'll Corbin? See. What do you want to do here? I want to talk about Baltimore. Okay. The Ravens? Okay. Yes, sir. And you want a win-loss game? You want to play the win-loss game on the Ravens? I do. Okay, very good. That means uh, we need the schedule. Mike's already given up. Mike Look, the orchestra's ready. The orchestra's Hoskins ready. and Del Tufo. Here we go. Oh, the orchestra's oh ready. Del Tufo paying attention. All right. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> First up. What's normally known as fresh meat in the NFL, a rookie quarterback making his first career start. C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans, week one. What do you have? I have Baltimore with a win. Win. At the Bengals. If Joe Burrow is healthy, I think Cincinnati wins. Well, you you just got to say the words win and loss. What do you got for me? Win or loss? Uh, Loss. Okay. Home for the Colts. Win. At the Browns. Win. Three and one at the Steelers. Win. Four and one against the Titans in London. Win. Home for the Lions. Win. That's a five game winning streak. That is now six and one at the Cardinals. Win. Seven and one home for the Seahawks. Loss. Seven and two home for the Browns. A win. I mean, I, I should have said that for you, right? <laughs> I mean, you're not going to. No Ravens fans ever thinks they're losing to the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and two against the Bengals on a Thursday night at home. Win. Nine and two against the Chargers here in L.A. He's 2-0 and against them. He's, they're going to win. That's, what are they now, 10-2? and two? Is that what you got now? Okay, against the Rams. A win. 11-2 and two at Jacksonville. Loss. 11 and 3 at the Niners on a Monday night. Loss. 11 and 4 home for the Dolphins and Tua. Win. 12 and 5 home for the Steelers. They win. 13 and 5 Corbin in Texas. All right, Corbin. Hey, Rich. 13 and 4, pardon me. 13 and 4. 13 and 4. My bad. 13 and 4. Yes, sir, Corbin. I think Harbaugh knows and I think he's tired of all the Mahomes, Allen, uh, Joe Burrow chatter. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he talk to management saying, give Indy, J.K. Dobbins, and whoever else they want in our backfield, and a first-round pick, let's get Taylor. We would be the cream of the crop in the AFC. Uh, and a great, great question. Thank you, Corbin, for the call. I, I just don't think the Ravens are paying their quarterback – all of that cash, they gave Odell Beckham Jr., what, $15 million with incentives? There's, that, that, and they've got all the running backs that they have there? Nah, I don't think they're doing that. Eight, one year, 18. Yeah. 
13.8 signing bonus. Yeah, they're, they're not doing that. They like what they've got, and they're going to go. They're going to go to work with an offense nobody knows what it's going to look like. Thirteen and four. Ah, um, that would be quite a season for the Ravens. I mean, everyone that's like one seed type material. Everyone who's picked callers, they've really, and our guests, they've really. I think they have high hopes for their teams. <laughs> you know, that's I, mean, I, I mean, I picked Dallas at what, 11 and 6? And now I'm like, should well, I, I, I don't know. Let, me, let, me get, let me get this one right because I wrote it down. Let me wrote it down. Hold on a minute. Nick in Corona, who had the Denver Broncos 15 and 2. Uh, Jerry Judy just got carted off of practice. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh. Oof. A cart. Called for Jerry Judy. Oh, we never know. We're hoping it's a hamstring. Okay. Well, so the knees. But that me. that that uh, that is definitely not um, with a hamstring injury carted off two weeks before the season kickoff not between good. the Chiefs and the Lions. That would I would think put his readiness home for the Vegas Raiders at least in Week One in jeopardy. But it's for later on. Let's talk a little bit more about the San Francisco 49ers decision to start the season with Sam Darnold as their backup quarterback. You could see it coming. You could see it coming down the pike. And I just always want to root for I want to root for everybody, right? And so but but Trey Lance in particular he had us at hello here on the show, and yeah. he was with us in in uh, Arizona at the Super Bowl. He was our first guest that Super Bowl week, and him talking about, I just want to compete. I'm happy to compete. I know I'm the third overall pick in this draft from a t- couple years ago. That hasn't earned me anything. I'm going to go there and compete. I'm going to I'm bet I'm going to get better, you know, health wise, and I'm going to go compete. And that video went viral because Niner fans were like, "Attaboy!" Yep. And then Sam Donald shows up. After that, and I'm like, do they have Sam Darnold there as Purdy insurance or Lance insurance? That's been the question I've asked literally everybody. And how many how many of the information men and women who've been on the show have said both? But at the time, it was probably Lance insurance because Lance might have been the Purdy insurance. Or it's always been Lance Insurance. That they just figured Purdy's going to be the guy. And if he's not, we're going to go with somebody who's got a lot of experience because we just don't know if Lance is going to be ready. Mm -hmm. Just don't know. And the kid has just had nothing but bad luck. COVID in his final year as a collegiate. Hurt his finger in the final preseason game of his first year, and it messed him up for his rookie season. But Jimmy G was there anyway, and the concept of Lance coming in was he's going to maybe be the red zone guy. Jimmy G will matriculate down the field, and then Kyle Shanahan and his offense and all his bag of tricks inside the 10, Lance is going to get in. And Lance threw again the first touchdown pass of the year in his rookie season for the Niners because they brought him in in the red zone. And then Jimmy G just took it over. 
And Lance, in his one shot when Jimmy G was hurt, he got a little dinged up himself again. And it was Jimmy G's show. And then they were going to start the season with Lance come heck or high water and signed Jimmy G as Purdy Insurance. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Lance was their guy, and if Lance couldn't go, what, are they going to go with the last pick in the draft? No. So Jimmy G was brought on as Purdy Insurance and wound up being Lance Insurance, and then Purdy wound up being the guy, the man. So coming into this season, it's going to be Purdy, and they needed to have somebody there in case Lance wasn't going to be ready, in case Purdy wasn't going to be ready, and it turned out to be Sam Darnold, who now has the job over Lance. And I, be, I honestly, I think if Lance didn't get hurt last year, they were ready to go with the ups and downs that come with a kid quarterback just to see what they have in him. And if somehow, someway, middle of the season, it was so bad, in comes Jimmy G, because we're not going with Purdy. And that got blown up. So here was Kyle Shanahan on local radio yesterday. About what is it? What is this one about right now? If Lance, if Lance is going to be a Niner still in Week One, because they do love him, but not love him enough to send him out there against the Steelers if Purdy somehow gets knocked out in Week One. Here was the uh, answer from Shanahan. There, I'm really hoping so. I mean, this isn't a thing that we're giving up on Trey. This is more of how Brock played in his seven games and that was decided before the season started and then how good Sam's looked. They both looked good but we do have to make a decision here and you only get so many reps at it and um, we feel um, you know starting about 10 days ago Sam really separated himself and um, we got to keep it real in that way but Mm -hmm. I feel very very fortunate to have both of them here. I really hope when it's said and done that all three of these guys are here and uh, you never know when that's going to come up. We needed four guys last year. Um, doesn't happen much, but um, if we can have Trey as an option here, um, I would feel extremely happy about that. We'll always try to do right for Trey. Um, if there's a better situation that his heart's in and something like that, um, we're going to make sure not to do something that hurts him in that way. Um, so that's stuff that I talked to him about this morning. That's stuff I'll talk to him about tonight and continue to talk to him about. But um, Trey knows how I feel about him. and. Um, I mean, I, I hope he ends up being able to be here, and that's the best thing for him. But uh, we got to see what is the best thing um, from now until then. I mean, say what you will. Kyle Shannon, let him know as soon as he knew. And I know there's a lot out there of people thinking, either, you know, I think RG3 was on tomorrow's show, tweeted out, Shannon knew the minute they signed Darnold. I don't know about that. We'll talk about that with Robert. Does this then go down if this is the outcome as one of the worst trades in NFL history? Well, uh, again, the answer to that has to be no because the draft is such a crapshoot and neither of the coach or general manager is going to lose his job over it. Normally, you make a move like that, the coach and GM are out unless you can sign someone like Aaron Rodgers. Think about it. The Jets earned the second overall pick in the same draft and took Zach Wilson, and that didn't work out to the point where they're, like Aaron Rodgers coming in and the GM and the coach who have been there last two years, they're, they're, they're in a good stand, good stead. The reason why Shanahan and, and Lynch are in good stead with Jed York, and for many reasons, is 
They made the NFC Championship game the last two years with all this stuff going on. So it's not, it hasn't torn the franchise asunder. And you heard what he said about if Trey has his heart in something that they're going to do their best to give it to him. That means finding something else. I, I, I don't think they've made it known. Is it possible they're going to let his representation seek a trade to where he wants to go? One person who I think would counsel against that because he does believe in Shanahan's ability to know what quarterbacks can do and help that quarterback become better is Steve Young, who was on the show in the first hour yesterday before this news hit, but read the writing enough on the wall about Darnold Mm -hmm. and his standing to say this about what Lance should do moving forward. My advice is claw your way to stay here because, again, there's a lot of places that he would go that he's not going to find out those answers, and he's going to flail because he doesn't have the opportunity. And so just get, figure out a way to stay here so he can continue to develop in a place or find – or if it is somewhere else, you know, just pray that it's one of those you know, half a dozen, team, a dozen teams that are, can take care of quarterbacks. Now – Maybe he does have the ability to decide where he goes next. Because as you heard Steve Young say, pray that it winds up being a spot where they take care of quarterbacks. I, I, I don't know if the Niners would just say, doesn't matter, we'll take the highest draft choice we can get because, man, did we spend a whole ton of draft capital just to go draft him. They might, as you heard Shanahan saying, he's honestly, how many times do I say it's like a, a coach on sodium pentothal, right? <laughs> right? And didn't Young say that yesterday? Like Kyle Shanahan just tells you what he's thinking. Yeah. So it's possible they're going to let him decide. You heard Tom Pelissero say in hour one, Minnesota would be good. Kevin O'Connell is the guy who comes from the Shanahan system through McVay meaning Mike, big big Mike Shanahan, obviously Kyle does as well. And who are the people that can't quit Kirk Cousins, according to Daniel Jeremiah, every time he comes on? Everybody from this system. Mm. Even Mike Florio was saying, I should say even Mike, but Mike Florio said, in addition, is what I meant by even, in addition, he's has said all the time, Kirk Cousins is going to pop free and Shanahan is, and San Francisco is going to be all over him <laughs> right. if Purdy doesn't work out. So who would be able to take Lance in than Kevin O'Connell with Kirk Cousins right there? Maybe that's where you go. And he's from Minnesota as well. John Lynch this very morning talked about Lance's trade market. This is Lance locally in uh, San Francisco. That's probably the most likely option is that he's here. Um, if we could find a landing spot for Trey that is, is um, you know, is a really good one for him and, you know, works for our organization, that's not something we, we turn a blind eye to. But that's not where our focus is right now. Um, you know, I think uh, our focus is on Trey getting back here and us being the best football team. We're getting close to Pittsburgh, and um, that's kind of where we're at. And, John, I saw another report yesterday from Diana Rossini from ESPN who reported that you guys have been shopping Trey Lance as far back as the NFL draft. So I just wanted to give you a chance to address that report and whether or not you guys have had Trey Lance on the trading block for the last couple of months. 
that's not accurate. So, um, you know, look at I, people are going to, if I responded to every report, I'd be, have no time in my day, but uh, that is not accurate. That's Lynch, John Lynch, obviously. My Hall of Fame friend. <laughs> hey, I, 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 and I, you might be sitting there saying, they don't know what they're doing, right and left-hander don't know what they're doing. If you're the coach who's all about quarterbacks, like, I feel for the kid. We're going to try and do our best to help him out and get him to a spot if his heart's in it. And the general manager's like, hey, we're two weeks before going to Pittsburgh. I'm going to have the best team out there. And last time we were in the state of Pennsylvania, I had to play a fourth quarterback on our roster, and then the running back running and McCaffrey back. had to run, uh, you know, Wildcat. And then we brought back a one-armed Brock Purdy. So, yeah, we're going to have Lance on this team. Because they that is making the Niners better. That's the reality of this whole situation. So, I know you asked, like, is it a big bust? I don't know. The kid's 23. He has hardly played. If he winds up in his home state of Minnesota and winds up being the Minnesota Vikings quarterback of the future because the coach knows exactly what to do with the quarterback in this system. And then the Niners, you'll say, well, you blew it on him. Except, I don't know, Brock Purdy's pretty damn good. And we were going to do it with him if he wasn't carted off in his second year here in the second game. Let's take a break right here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. It's 824 That means one thing in Los Angeles, Kobe Bryant Day. We'll wrap the show up with that. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. There's about a 0% chance that I come back and play. Zero. You're toast. You're finished. Done. As a player. That's it. Did last year at any point with you going through your first season not yeah. playing basketball? Never. Not once did you Never. think about it? Never. Here's the thing. is For us athletes, it's really hard to transition from that. Right? And I was really personal about it when I wrote Dear Basketball. But that is the true challenge of finding what comes next and finding something that you love to do every bit as much as you love your first passion. That is a challenge for us. And I think, unfortunately for us athletes, we've been pigeonholed into thinking that we can only be one thing. 
And so when I retired, everybody is saying, okay, he's too competitive. He's not going to know what to do with himself. He's going to have to come back. I took that as a personal challenge of them thinking I'm this one-dimensional person. That all I know is how to dribble the ball, shoot the ball, and play basketball and compete at that level. And so I took that as a personal challenge. I will never come back to the game, ever. I'm here to show people that we can do much more than that. And creating this business, winning an Oscar, winning the Emmy and the Annie, those are things that are showing other athletes that come after. No, no, there's more to this thing, right? So I would never, it's not even a, not even a thought. So the, the goal was an EGOT? You want the Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar, no, you know, the Tony? The, the, challenge, the challenge became, how do I take the lessons that I learned through the game of basketball and translate them into building the studio, right? What are the things that I can take from that? The discipline, um, the commitment, uh, the team and community, how do you get the best out of each other? How do I take those lessons and move those here? Um, that is the challenge. How do we do great work, uncompromising great work? You're not looking at the bottom line. You're focused on the product first, right? Is this the best thing that we can possibly make no matter what? And having that sharp focus is something that I got from the game of basketball. That was five years ago today, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on 824 Day, Kobe Bryant Day. Um, it was yesterday. Kobe would have been 45 years of age. And I'll never forget Susie Schuster walking in New York City. Was it two days before our wedding? Three days before our wedding on Central Park South? Right? Yeah. And we ran into a friend of yours, and his name was? His name was Kobe Bryant. Oh, yeah. And I had just done a Sports Center commercial with him like two years before. It was literally like 90 minutes of his time. And the two of you like stopped like old friends on the street. You invited him to our wedding. Oh, I, remember. I had to. I know. Because <laughs> you did that with Michael Irvin, I think, the day before. I wasn't with you with Irv. <laughs> Irv showed. Kobe said, I don't think I'm going to be in town. But you, you gave him an invite to the wedding. I did. Michael, of course, didn't miss it, and he let's showed just go up on the in, record, but he was my guest. Of right, course, that's so. true. He showed up in an electric blue tuxedo, but this is uh, this is not eight eight for Michael Irvin Day. This is eight twenty four for Kobe Bryant Day. So, what's your favorite memory of Kobe when you covered him and got to know him and well, you know, befriend I, him? I was with him almost every night for three years, mm -hmm. but my favorite memory is the first day that I showed up at Lakers practice and my first day at Fox Sports mm -hmm. because I had just covered him and done a piece on him for Real Sports with Brian Gumbel, my last job before I got my Fox job. Right. And he looked at me, he's like, what are you doing here? I said, mm. I'm, I'm on the air now. This is my, my new gig. And he was so great about it. And he was so excited for me, gave me a big hug. You know, I was new in L.A. People wondered why I knew him and how I knew him. <laughs> and he never said no. There was one time where he was like, Sue's like, you can't do this to me. It was right after one of the Shaq, Kobe, Bistikoff's fights in the back kind of thing, mm -hmm. scuffling, would you, you might say. But he was always great and always took the time to do interviews, and it was because we'd had a bond from when I had done the real sports piece. And so I watched him grow up here, and I watched him because of having covered him before. I watched him mature and go through the different processes. And obviously Shaq talks about it all the time when he's on with me. I, I, I saw a lot of what happened behind the scenes and chose to share some and chose to shelf others. But 
You know, my favorite memory uh, was running into him on a court recently or before he passed. And I went to go to a game and he was there with one of the girls. And we just sat there and we just laughed. I had the boys there, our boys. Thank you. And um, we looked at each other we're like, can you believe this happened? Like, look at all these kids. But I never had a bad moment with Kobe Bryant. I loved covering him. It was an honor and a privilege. We spoke Italian sometimes in the locker room. I thought he was just the greatest. And, and I think it's nice that the Lakers are going to unveil the statue on 2-8. It was John's number was 2. And so on February 8th, when the defending champions, the Nuggets, are in town for a game, mm. uh, they will unveil the statue out front. And Vanessa made that announcement today on the Lakers social media account. And uh, he belongs out there with the Laker greats. And his daughter, again, wore two for February and eight, obviously, for him. And um, so what should the, what should the in our minute we have left, what should the statue be? Should it be his follow-through? Should it be... On the way up, I think it's him soaring, don't you think, TJ? Wouldn't it be him soaring? Maybe him shooting that fadeaway. Fadeaway in the corner. But does that does the statue? Is it young Kobe with the fro? Is it older Kobe? Is it eight? Is it twenty four? That's what I'm interested to seeing. Okay, I'm going to guess it's going to be eight on the front and twenty four in the back. Oh, that's that a good one. Sick. I like that. I like, I like that. that. That would be sick. How about him waving off Carmelo in his first all season? <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Or the no. day or the day he stopped and looked at me wearing a Clippers uh, shirt. Well, I was sitting courtside one time and yeah. looked at me and said, are you crazy? And <laughs> that was the only interaction that. I've ever had with Kobe <laughs> Bryant. <laughs> he would that? wave off Carmelone in the locker room. That was the weirdest. Those, that was a that wild team. That was a team. weird combo. Yeah. But I, so I, I, I hope it is like of his, of his follow through. I don't know. But you think soaring in the air? I like just that? feel like, look, he always loved Mike. He wanted to be like Mike. He modeled himself after Mike. And I just think he was happiest soaring. That's just me. Great show. Great show, everybody. I want to thank uh, Tom Pelissero and Jonathan Smith of Oregon State Football and Jeff Passan and obviously Matt Schneidman of The Athletic. RG3 will be on tomorrow's show. Suze will be back as well. We hope you will, too. Happy Kobe Bryant Day wherever you are, everybody.